Yes. Could Sorry, my mic was muted. <laughs> my mic was muted because you told me guys to not have my mic up when I was typing and I was doing some research. Oh, and so <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, and my button is like not clicking. I'm like, no. sorry. <laughs> Yannick's like but yes, the kid indeed. in class that. He's like falling asleep in the trouble. back of the room. Yes. Yeah, no, by the, by, right by the heat, right by the heater, by the window. Oh, that sounds That's nice. And he'd be yeah. like, Sandy and Ryan made me do this. It's not my <laughs> fault. <laughs> I didn't want to be here. It's January 30th, 2017. I'm Ryan. I'm Sandy. I'm Yannick. And I'm Davis. And this is is Pixels Weekly. Hi, everybody. Hey. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. How was everybody's week? We start slow today. No singing from you. No No singing. It has become somewhat of an event to just try to predict what Ryan's going to do after we all say our names and introduce ourselves. But to answer your question, Ryan, my week has been pretty normal, pretty average. Yeah? That's good for boring. If everybody was interested in saying, I think we could could prepare a song. You guys ready? Okay. (laughs) Who can turn the world on with her smile? Who can take a nothing day? And suddenly make it all seem worthwhile. Well, it's you, girl, and you should know it. Everybody with each glance and every little movement, you show it. Love is all around, no need to waste it. You can never tell why don't it's you weird the claps are not it. synced up for me. Like the sound check doesn't sync up. After all, guys, Mary Tyler Moore passed away. Yes, I saw that. Very sad. She was old. No, oh, that's the tribute. Oh. And that's our tribute to her that you made fun of in the middle of it. Rip. So now who's going? Jesus, rip. Oh, really? Wow. Rip. Oh my God. Rip. I'm bad people. All right, we're all going to hell. Thank you, Yana. If you believe mm, in that welcome. kind of stuff, I will oh. welcome you. Open doors. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're already going there. You're just on fast pass now, right? That's the. <laughs> <laughs> Skip the line. I'm just asking you to join me. <laughs> Get those pre-order that hell pre-order down. I, I, no, I like, but I like, I like the idea of somebody going to hell, but just like not being willing to put up with the traffic on the way there. So they need like a fast track to like skip it's the like traffic doors. lanes. Yeah, yep. it sails all day. Talking about hell, how is your uvula? Yes, I'm so glad you asked. Uh, my Better? uvula is is normal sized currently. Well, okay. it's still the largest anyone's ever seen. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, they say antibiotics are not automatic, but. They actually, yeah, and I out. guess uh, my my whole uh, downstairs uh, situation is also <laughs> now back on oh, track. Oh, that's nice for people who were listening in the last episode. I'm I glad you cleaned up the steps. Now you could, by you the know, way, the if staircase. you guys, you guys know we're going to be talking about today on the show. By the way, this is Pixels Weekly. Despite what you've heard so far, it's a video game podcast that comes out every week to make you smile. And uh, on today's show, we're talking about the great outdoors. But before we do, um, I wanted to give you guys this tip because you guys, we, we all work in tech here, 
right? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. I think so. One, one might say that. One might say that. Mm. So I found out through my doctor. <laughs> on Tuesdays. That <laughs> on Tuesdays. <that laughs> on Tuesdays. Take, hashtag take on Tuesdays. <laughs> take on Tuesdays. Um, <laughs> take Tuesdays. You had one shot at getting tech Tuesdays. And you did tech on Tuesdays, you jerk. <laughs> I just wanted to mix it up. Um, so apparently men who work in tech are more prone to urinary tract infections because the urine can settle. If you don't get up and move around throughout the day. So I've, I've taken my Apple Watch off mute. And I'm actually paying attention to its standing notifications and all that stuff. Um, because it could be possible that I was just uh, being too sedentary at work. And maybe should have spent more time out. Doors and <laughs> Ooh. Uh, but that's not Da-da-ba-ba-ba. the reason why we're talking about that on this show. Uh, but before we get into all of that, let's start off with what's in the news in our consoles and PCs and on our minds. It's the hodgepodge. What's everybody's hodgepodge this week? Um, I've um, not played, but you're going to talk about this game uh, later. I want to talk about Resident Evil 7. Mm. And uh, you guys that listen to the show a lot know that we love the Twitch community. We love watching streams. One new way those days to enjoy games is also just to watch them and watch people enjoy them. And I've had the most fun um, watching Twitch this week. Uh, Resident Evil came out, 7 came out on PS4 and you can play it either on vr or either just play the game in a classic way with your controller and um first of all let me say that you know I'm, i've never been really a super huge fan of the resident evil series but it is something that as a sure. gamer i cannot you know i cannot neglect and it's something that i've been enjoying um seeing grow and seeing evolve over the years and continue to provide good games and this one is really apparently considering the the feedbacks and the reviews a good twist for the for the series uh, it takes a new approach it's less gore it goes more into the dark um you know scare a jump scare kind of things uh kind of aspect of a of a horror game uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, first and foremost, I think, Ryan, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that the Resident Evil series has made a point about having different perspectives from game to game, or at least like championing that kind of weird third-person perspective that it had early on, right? Has it ever done a first-person perspective before? Uh, this is the first time the series is in first-person. Yeah, that's but, a change, uh, too. For me, the only short hodgepodge that I have is that go five minutes, go into the Resident Evil 7 directory, find a streamer that does VR, and just have a blast with it. I mean, I've seen one of the one of the streamers that I look at regularly, he usually plays FIFA. I think I mentioned him when I talked about H1 as well in two weeks ago. And he got the game, he got the VR, got some buddies over, and just him playing VR with his buddies next to him, poking at him, scaring him around. And 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 he kept on saying, you know, like once you're in it, when you watch it on screen, it's different. But if you're in it, the dimension that is VR, you lose your shit. Like you are sweating. And you are, you know, you don't know what's in every corner. And uh, and some of his friends played and freaked out. And it's just the most hilarious thing. And I'm happy. I want to bring that up just because I've been also looking at, you know, you know, we love movies in this shows as well. And the horror um, movies are kind of like the genre is kind of disappointing those days. You know, it's not like back in the days where well, if it's you PG-13, really have to... it's disappointing. <laughs> yeah, it's like it, it is, and it's Sandy just like very just stuff. like 
really poor. I do. I like horror movies. Really poor, really great. Just not not giving you any any you know any scary moments at, at you know at all. And I'm glad that video games is that platform that entertainment that still pushes the genre. And with Resident Evil is able to give you those chills and immerse you like no other media can do. And uh, Resident Evil is one of them. So kudos to the team of Resident Evil. I hope people out there that are listening to us have been playing it, enjoying it. Let us know how you feel about this game. But I have, uh, I'm gonna pick up that game. I know it. I'm, you know, have a lot of my plate. It's been, it's busy time right now. But I know I'm gonna pick it up and just play it in regular platform without VR. But uh, go on Twitch while you're at it. If you still don't know what we're talking about, you're gonna clearly see what this game is about. Apparently, it's an amazing experience. It's also better than the movie. For our longtime listeners know that Davis absolutely loves the horror genre and horror video <laughs> he games loves it. and horror he movies loves it. and Halloween and everything about it. No, I do Davis not. So I can I cannot wait to not only not play that game, but also not <laughs> also not watch anyone else play that game. <laughs> never, so just never see it. Never expose <laughs> so, your yeah, to I'm, it. Yeah, I'm just really excited to not have anything to do with Resident Evil 7, but I'm sure other people will enjoy it. Hmm. God, Halloween's the best. <laughs> I, I like Halloween quite a bit too. I love it. So good. Did you guys get to see any streams? Did you play? Did you play the game? Have you have you played any horror game? Have you looked at Resident Evil this week, or have you? Well, you know what? I'm glad you said that because my hodgepodge this week, Yannick, is I bought and played Resident Evil Seven. There we go. It's not like we prepped the <laughs> so, show. I knew it a little bit. Yeah, it turns out Ryan was the streamer that you were watching freaking out. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Actually, I, I, I don't know if I could stream this game because uh, I don't want people seeing me like well, I was about out to like say you, I was about to say Ryan Ryan streams Resident Evil under a different handle so that yes. we don't know that it's Indeed. Ryan. And beyond the VR, you can't recognize. I was him. gonna say I just stream in my pants. That's the only platform of which I just stream. <laughs> <in my pants. laughs> Hashtag gold showers. <laughs> Hashtag um, stream in your pants. So coming at it sort of from weirdly the opposite angle that Yannick's come at it, I um, I played Resident Evil 1. It was very – I didn't beat it. I played it just kind of a little bit because it was around the time that 2 was coming out, and I really connected with Resident Evil 2 on the original PlayStation. Um, in fact, I think I beat it on PlayStation and then later beat it again on the Nintendo 64 iteration of resident evil 2 and resident evil had what uh for people that aren't familiar with sort of the series history um something called tank controls um and that essentially was hearkening back to the original way you would control tanks in old video games so the camera would sort of be every room you went into um and resident evil was primarily a game about zombies um Every room you went into, the camera was almost like mounted somewhere in the room, right? So it would be like in the top left corner of the room, almost like a security camera or something. And then you could use the directional pad to move forward and backward, and you can turn. But you couldn't strafe, and you could not move and shoot at the same time. And... Why are those called tank controls? I guess I never really understood that. Like, I definitely know the exact perspective that you're talking about, but... Yeah, well, it's because tanks can't strafe, right? Because they've got, like, on-track wheels so that they all they can do is turn and then move in the direction that they've turned. Um, I don't... Th- I don't know if tanks can... I don't think tanks have to stand still to fire, although they probably need to to get any amount of accuracy out of uh, out of what they're doing. But that's essentially why. It controls the same way you would control a tank um, 
in order to move around. But Resident Evil also always had you can't move and shoot at the same time, which I think most modern gamers, if they went to go play an old Resident Evil, they'd be like, what is this? I can't even play this. Um, but it really creates a, a, a tension that is you panic and you have to make the choice between like running and defending yourself. And you usually have to do so on very scarce ammo and ability to heal yourself if you come out of something in a bad way. So the series went on and four, which uh, if you guys remember, Yannick played for his video game homework uh, last year, four was a big transformation point for the series because it actually retained tank control, um, but it changed the perspective from being fixed cameras to over the shoulder of the character. And you could not run and shoot at the same time. Correct me if I'm wrong, right, Yannick? Yes. So I don't, I don't want to necessarily hammer uh, on too long about Resident Evil history, but Resident Evil 4 was, for a lot of people, myself included, a pinnacle for the series, especially because I loved 2 so much, and 4 was, in a lot of ways, a direct sequel to 2. Um, and 3, in different ways, was a direct sequel to 1. 4 came out and kind of got rid of zombies in favor of just kind of infected individuals mm. and new mechanics and made the game a little bit more action-y, but you couldn't move and shoot at the same time. Ammo was still scarce, and they gave you things like quick turnaround um, and, like, sequences where you could kind of kick people if after you stun them and stuff, and that all made the character that you play Leon much more capable, but they also, you know, for the first time in the series, had things like enemies that would dodge when you tried to shoot them or enemies that would flank you. If you were inside a house, you weren't safe anymore. They could climb in the windows and uh, erect ladders and stuff to kind of come at you. And so they kind of scaled up both the capability of the character and the capability of the enemy. Resident Evil 5 and 6 took this in an extreme, extreme direction. And Resident Evil 5 was primarily played as a co-op game with two people that had shotguns and AKs and submachine guns throughout the whole thing. Giant action sequences off the back of trucks and stuff all in, like, Africa or someplace like that. Um, Flanking. It was basically an action game that happened to include similar enemies. And... This Resident Evil is now kind of trying to recapture, I think, what made the first Resident Evil so special, which is super scaled back. The first Resident Evil took place in the mansion. This kind of takes place in a large estate um, in kind of a a true detective sort of, you know, backwoods Louisiana with... uh, you know, it's playing up certain tropes uh, of modern horror of, like, the weird hillbilly family and isolationism and, you know, how people deal with the uh, lack of technology or, the you know, are we truly alone if we don't have our cell phones and the ability to contact the outside world and all that so that stuff. sort of uh, true detective uh, aesthetic genre, I believe it has an actual term. It's called Southern Gothic. I think yes. I remember learning about that after True Detective was a huge hit. That first season, obviously. Super effective. And I know I haven't gotten to the point in the game where um, the, the the sort of main, I guess they're called molded uh, bad guys appear. Um, but I am playing in VR 
Uh, and although the, the graphics take a hit um, in the virtual reality version, obviously the it's not mm-hmm. as crisp. Uh, Davis, you've kind of experienced the VR effect. Mm-hmm. Is it uh, is it PSVR only, or is it also available on Oculus and or Vive? It is PSVR only, I believe. Gotcha. Yeah, it's because on those devices, you would get a crisper VR experience. But sure. Yeah. The thing, I'm, the I'm thing is, sure. though, I feel like, you know, not being a, a veteran of Resident Evil, uh, I think I played two way back in the day for like five minutes before I remembered that I didn't like games like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> I don't think of that as a game series or even necessarily a genre where like super ultra high definition graphics uh, do that much for you. I, I think that even if you're taking a hit to the crispness yeah. of your surroundings, that VR uh, scenario after spending time with your PSVR is plenty to make things feel real and right in front of you. Yeah, weirdly, the um, the graininess almost helps the aesthetic in a certain way, even though they are going for photorealism. I want to say no, this. No, for sure, though. But I, because I, I, I remember the PSVR does you, you do see a film of graininess in front of your picture, and I don't remember yeah. exactly what that was coming from, or if it's just something to do with the lenses or whatever. And I can see that actually having a positive effect on that game. I, I, I think I want to say this because people are going to hear a lot about Resident Evil this week in, uh, you know, all the video game news sources you get: Polygon, IGN, Kotaku, all those things, and other podcasts. But Here's a couple things I want to mention to people who are thinking about playing this or thinking about playing it with their PSVR. Because I, I said, you know, a few weeks back, this game is going to prove out whether or not my VR purchase was warranted. So exactly, far, yeah. the answer to that question is yes. And if you're thinking about playing this thing in VR and you're worried about things like getting sick, <clears throat> sorry, I can tell <laughs> Let me you- tell you, my t shirt is still dirty. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you that they did a lot in this game to ensure that you have a comfortable experience. And what I mean by that is I think by default, like, there's no crouching animation when you're in VR because that sort of up-and-down wobble would really upset you. It's just this kind of instant click down, which seems weird, but it actually works really well. There's, by default, the camera on the right joystick kind of clicks to 30-degree intervals, but they allow you to choose 45 or 90 if you want a more dramatic snap. Um, And also you can kind of tap up on the right joystick at any time to reorient the view based on where you're looking, Um, which is going to be super helpful. This is not a game where you're supposed to be able to turn around fast, and you can tell that that's... And you can actually use just traditional left and right looking around on the joystick, but I tried that and I did feel queasy. I was like, oh, that's why that's not the default. So are you using the Move controllers or the traditional PS4 controller? I don't believe it supports the Move controllers because there's a lot of interface stuff that you have to navigate around using the traditional controller. Um, and are you playing standing up or sitting down? I'm all, I'm playing sitting down. Gotcha. So the, the yeah. VR experience is sure, yeah. more than anything to just visually place you in like a three-dimensional three 360 degree world yes but it serves a second purpose actually which is it aims and davis i don't know you must remember playing that like laser ball thing that we played yes so aiming in vr with your head when you're not doing it to an exhaustive rate actually feels very good i feel like my capabilities of aiming with the vr headset are actually much greater than they would be without it because I guess what's just weird about that, though, is that, to me, takes away from the realism of it. Like, if I were holding a gun in my hand, obviously I would look with my head, but I'm definitely not aiming with it. 
the aiming happens from like a combination of my body but i guess if you're not yeah. using the move controllers there's no way to do that my first feeling about this is that i would get a stiff neck you know how i get so angry and like stiff when i like try to aim scope down a snipe on destiny i'm all like my hand is all like contracted if i was to aim with my <laughs> with my head i would just completely block my neck to kind of like be precise and especially in that anxiety that resident evil feels when you're aiming down sights and those like would would have it looks like your gun is made out of you know gumballs like it's not it does you know it doesn't seem to hurt them um <laughs> it's something that i've seen on stream yeah. too and it's something that makes you lose your orientation because while you can still aim and it's a very good prototype i love how those new games still experiment the best way to control a fps with vr you can aim with your head but also with the joystick the regular right stick that you usually aim with uh and that's that's something that you can both do so if sometimes you need those quick turns you will use the stick but if you have that 45 degree angle in front of you you will use your head but it makes you kind of like i mean i've seen streams where the guy is really just not looking at the camera anymore he's completely turning around turning facing away from it just as a small anecdote so i'll just i know i gotta wrap up but the the immersion thing is totally right i've played a lot of resident evil i've played a lot of horror games i pride myself on being kind of jaded with them but this was there's just moments where <laughs> i'll illustrate one that's not that big of a spoiler you're kind of creeping underneath the floorboards in a basement of the house initially and you have to sort of wade into murky water that you can't see into in a flooded basement, which right off the bat, very kind of nerve wracking scenario. Mm -hmm. But as you're walking through it uh, towards the end from the ground, like from out of the water kind of floats up a dead body. And I think the thing that cannot be like undersold enough uh or oversold rather enough is the fact that this body when you're in virtual reality is like body sized, you know, like the proportions are one to one and seeing that and having it be so close to your face is really incredibly scary, incredibly like as uncanny Valley as the graphics are still effective in a way that feels incredibly uh, horrific and scary and very real and effective. And so I'm going to be playing through Resident Evil 7 probably, you know, an hour at a time. Around, it's about 10 hours or so, I hear. Um, because I don't want to have these incredibly long PlayStations because VR kind of tires me out. And also, yeah, my neck between tension and aiming with it. <laughs> I don't want to lose well, my And you can, you, you can and only, you can only stream, stream in your right, pants exactly. so much. Before my bio bag is filled. And <laughs> oh, that's disgusting. Oh, God. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. That's it for me. Davis, yeah. do you have anything for us? Do I have anything? Well, do you have anything? I feel like contrary to uh, 2016, I feel like 2017 has been quite devoid of Overwatch discussion. So uh, lucky for us, uh, Overwatch patch 1.7 released this past week, um, and uh, it's got some pretty interesting hero updates, but before we go over that, first and foremost, it is the year of the rooster patch. Um, so that is oh, a cool. new holiday event. That's what uh, the sound roosters make. All right, I make that sound. What sound still. do roosters make, Sandy? Uh, it's like, you know. Okay. 
You guys never heard of rooster before? <laughs> disappointed. That's disappointed. disappointed. <laughs> you know, um, you guys never heard of rooster before. Sorry. Year of the rooster. <laughs> yeah, so it's the year of the rooster, which is their sort of uh, Chinese New Year event. So um, for people who haven't played Blizzard games, uh, first of all, what, what's wrong with you? Second of all, um, they're really great at <laughs> incorporating like really great holiday events inside of their games to sort of like add some fun uh, aesthetic um, uh, novelty items to the games that you're playing with them anyways. And Overwatch, uh, the event they've got going on right now is the Chinese New Year, Year of the Rooster. And so there's all sorts of skins um, sort of uh, in the aesthetic and style of the Chinese New Year for a lot of the different characters, um, sprays, voice lines, all that jazz. So uh, go check that out. Um, they give you a free loot box when you get in there. Um, but sort of on a more interesting level, uh, Patch 1.7 contains several uh, updates to heroes that are in the game. So that game is in a constant state of sort of like fluctuating the skill sets and talents and uh, statistics and like physics of all the heroes uh, to try to make a more balanced uh, PvP environment. Yeah. So there were four uh, heroes that got updates. Uh, Anna got a pretty small one. Uh, her grenade, which either reduces healing on enemies or boosts healing on uh, uh, friendlies, uh, it's been reduced in duration, and the healing boost has been reduced from 100% to a 50% boost. Here, here! Oh my God! Yeah. So, <laughs> I think I think Anna had sort of been like a you cannot play without her sort of hero, and so yeah. they're just looking for ways, not necessarily to make her non-viable, but just to like make it so that she's not necessarily like a, you have to have her because that grenade was pretty powerful. I mean, yeah. How often were you, like I can't tell you even just as a healer. Having my ability to heal the entire team as Lucio just completely yeah. decimated from an Anna. And it's not only just the ability to heal the team, but like a common strat you'll see at the competitive level is the second that like a Reinhardt shield gets broken, then the Anna throws a grenade and is able to like reduce healing on the entire opposing team yeah. uh, for a, a very long time. So um, those are the updates to Anna. Diva uh, got some small updates. Um, so she has like a, a health uh, and shield situation going on as far as like her hit points go. Oh. And, and until now, it's been 200 hit points and then 400 shield points. And the shield points are regeneratable. So like unless you get her down below 400, you're not actually chipping into her health where she would either need healing or to go get a health pack. So what they've done is they've actually redu uh, re reversed that ratio. So instead of 200 health and 400 shield, it's now 400 health and 200 shield. Smart. So if you are, yeah, exactly. So if you're taking her down, you're quicker into her health pool, which she has to recover manually uh, than, uh, than you were previously. And so she has less shield, which I think is pretty good. She was really, really, really tough. To bring out of her out of her out of her mech and then to bring her down afterwards. Right, there seemed like any amount of diva with healing, and you just couldn't. You're just like, I can't even get the shield down. Exactly, like that combined with the shield matrix, which is the ability that she has, which pretty makes her pretty much makes her invincible for about four seconds. It was really really tough to, to bring her down. So I think that's a good change. Cool. Um, Lucio, super minor change. He can now have the option to wall ride backwards. So Lucio has an ability where if you sort of jump into a wall and continue continue to hold the jump button, he's on roller skates and he sort of like rides the wall. <laughs> and now he has the ability to do that in both directions, which I think is pretty good. I think one of the biggest uh, uh, positives of having a Lucio is his ability to sort of like evade and be very, very mobile and really hard to hit while he's providing like group healing or group speed or whatever. And so, you know, being able to wall ride in a multitude of directions, I think is important for that. You know what I have to say to that, Davis? What? Great to gonna wear team this at look. <laughs> what the hell? Is that a he voice line just backwards. made up? That's that's backwards for look at this team. We're gonna do great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Holy God, he did it. I got, I got it. the jokes got today, boys. Look out. I'm, I'm, but, not, um, even, I'm not even going to acknowledge that. <laughs> last last hero. This is the biggest one of the of the update. I think a lot of people were waiting a long time for this. Uh, Roadhog got uh, uh, his hook fairly reworked. Um, I think the last you know month or so or two months of this current competitive season has been full of just people raging about some of those Roadhog hooks, just like yeah. how the hell – did he get me? I'm not even within his line of sight. I'm too far away from him. Um, so what they first did was uh, now if heroes end up out of his line of sight while they are hooked, like as they're being retracted into him, the hook will release. Uh, I think that is yes the most important and necessary change. There was nothing worse than like he launches his hook, which has like a, a you know a split second ability or amount of time before it hits you. And if during that time you were to end up speeding behind a building, he would still manage to hook you and pull you through the building, like literally breaking through the graphics. That's and crazy. So I think like f- fixing that is a is a big deal. Um, also, the way that the line of sight works is the line of sight used to be calculated from the hook's position, and now it's calculated from Roadhog's position. Um, and I think that that's also like a good positive. Oh, that's change. interesting. So what is the what is the real world implication of that? What I would have to imagine is um, when he launches that hook. I guess regardless of like where the hook is currently trajecting, if he were to move out of the line of sight, um, even though the hook is still going straight from sort of like where he was standing, then yeah. I would imagine then like the hook won't land. I wonder if this also means that Roadhog would have to like, because there are Roadhogs that will try and like hook people and then like get them off the edge of something where now like you have like he has to continuously be facing you during the hook yeah yeah he has to be able to see you the whole time so he can't like hook you and then spin around and run behind an object he also can't like uh peek around corners to like throw his hook out and then peek back behind the corner so that he's not vulnerable while hooking you okay well that's Um, very smart i i appreciate these changes blizzard and then, and then there's a third change, which, if I'm understanding it correctly, I think is actually a little bit of a buff to him, which is that uh, I think previously when he would hook somebody, if he were to hook and then rotate the, uh, like if he were to hook and then rotate 180 degrees, when the person arrived to him, they would be behind him. Whereas now it's, it claims that they will uh, hook in front of him. So the person will always land right in front of where he is, as opposed to like wherever position he hooked from. So if he hooks okay. and rotates a little bit, I think the, the person will still land in front of you, which I think makes sense. If you think about it like from a physical perspective, if you were to have a hook in front of you and catch somebody on it, they'd land in front of you. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So uh, as always, we're huge fans of, of Overwatch here. We play a lot. And now that we've opened up our Discord, you can probably find us in here uh, playing a good amount of Overwatch. Don't hesitate to jump in the chat. And hey. uh, maybe you can come join us. Last time I checked, there's four of us. You need six for a full team. Come on. Two listeners, join <laughs> the Discord. Yeah, just just make sure to know that uh, Sandy will just jump in on the point when she plays Lucio. And oh just, yeah, like, yeah, Sandy plays you know, Hanzo only. She has she has that avant-garde comp, you know, strategy. It's you, you can't you don't get it, but you you know it's. I go ham. Yeah, that's that's the strategy. That's name, one way so. to describe it. It yes, smells a lot I go like bacon. Ham, <laughs> hard as a mofo. Oh, is that what ham means? Yeah, hard as a Oh, my mother. God. How old am I? Well, I, I mean, I'm learning that. something today, honestly. <laughs> no, for real. Hard, yeah, that's, I didn't know that is that's, that's pitiful for both of you. <laughs> oh, come on. Sandy, Sandy, I know. <laughs> no, I mean, those kids those days, dude. Those kids. Sandy. Oh my I told God. you last week. Hey, 
We're so I told you last cool. week I don't I, I don't understand the memes and stuff. So like I'm just catching up. <laughs> like Sandy is like like I said, she's too avant garde. I'm much. just gonna save a clip of you going. I don't understand the memes and stuff. I don't understand the memes and stuff. I don't understand the memes and stuff. That's a new meme, I guess. So you can a make new a new meme, meme out of this. One. <laughs> oh my god! All right. Well, that, now you just found the title of the episode, Sandy. Why don't you give us your hodgepodge? You're spending all day on this stuff. Well, we're gonna continue on that Blizzard train, and I just found out that Heroes of the Dorm, Heroes of the Dorm, is a competition <laughs> That's a held by Blizzard. <laughs> It's it's for college students who want to play Heroes of the Storm. Get it? Dorm, storm. Yeah, we get uh, it. Punny. Dad jokes. Uh, yes. For the they last probably have years. To, <laughs> they probably the have to. Fa- sorry. They probably have to face some copyright on some colleges. I'm sure the Heroes of the Dorm are the ones that create the best poop in college or something. <laughs> like it's, oh, wow. There must be something like that. It's like, I don't know if they can use that name everywhere. I don't know. Keep going. First of all, it's been around for like several years. This is not a new event, but Sandy, please continue. Yes, here's the dorm. Used to be broadcasted on ESPN2, and that's if you wanted to watch it live, you would watch it on ESPN2, which is pretty cool. But with millennials, there's a ton of cord cutting. Oh. So the official platform for Heroes of the Dorm for this tournament is going to be Facebook and Facebook Live. Not surprised nice. on that one. That's very nice. Facebook Live. Yep. Well, yeah. Is, so isn't there now that uh, the integration between Battle.net and Facebook Live? Oh, yeah. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, Blizzard, thing. So, so Blizzard and Facebook are definitely like, you know, getting getting buddy-buddy, which I think makes a whole lot of sense. But uh, the students get scholarships out of it, right? Isn't that mm-hmm. the like, big prize? There's a $500,000 prize pool of scholarships and a variety yeah. of other prizes. So it's like it's pretty cool if you're in college and you're a gamer and you're like, oh, I can make some money and it helps pay for my education. And that's pretty cool. Or yeah. keg. <laughs> or uh, alcohol kegs because college, right, you guys? Sure. I don't, or, I don't know. Or, or I don't fight know. grizzly bears. bears. Uh, group stages kick off on February 15th. And the regionals are set for March 8th and the 9th. And the first season on Facebook will conclude on April 8th. So if you definitely want to check that out, it's going to be on Facebook. Do it. Cool. That's a good news. That's really nice. Although I don't know how I feel about the phrase, the first season on Facebook. So I uh, found myself using uh, the, the little boys room at work today. And, uh, do you not actually, do that? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, was scrolling through Facebook because, uh, you know, as one does, and came across um, Madden being streamed on Facebook Live and incredibly high quality. And it was kind of cool realizing that it was live and I wasn't watching just like a recording of uh, a previous like Madden competitive match or whatever. And I don't really care much for Madden, but, um, I think that's like a really fantastic usage of Facebook Live, like like game streaming. I think uh, I could find myself scrolling through a Facebook feed and stopping to watch a stream very often. Oh my goodness! Well, on the pooper at work. I didn't say that. Um, <laughs> I like. Well, by the way, I, as long as we've completely derailed the episode, you found yourself in the little boys' room. Like, what about yourself did you find? <laughs> <laughs> was it like a new part or was it like a new section of your soul? Moving on. <laughs> All right. Let's take a break. We'll be back right after this. 
Sandy and Yannick. Hey. Hello. Have you guys heard of this new fangled thing called Discord? Discord? Exactly. Yes, yeah. It's just like an internet telephone. Wait, the buttons on it or the one that, you know. It's called Yeah, Discord. the numpads, right? Oh, it'll make you numb. <laughs> I wasn't ready for this one. I'll tell you, Discord is actually a place where you can chat with us. Yeah, that's right. The hosts of Pixels Weekly. Well, I'm very much looking forward to that. But I have a question. Is it going to work on my smartphone? You better believe it, sister. You can do that through the app. Just go to pixelsweekly.com and click on the join link right on the homepage, and you can be chatting with us today. We'll see you there. Yay! We're back, and we are talking about something a little bit different for us indoor kids. Uh, The great outdoors. And and this all kind of came to mind, of course. Many of you guys will know that Ghost Recon Wildlands has kind of started its marketing blitz. That is a great uh, outdoor, it seems, experience. (laughs) But I I wanted to start off. We we mentioned this on Twitter the other week that we were going to do some outdoor stuff. Um, and it kind of came to mind when I saw uh, Davis and, and Yannick off together gallivanting around on snowy mountains. So I figured, like, let's just start talking about that. What was, what were you guys doing? What are the outdoors so, like? What does sun feel like? I, I only know what it looks like. I don't even know what it's like to stand <laughs> up. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so Yannick and I have an addiction, and that addiction is to the sport of skiing, and we enjoy going out west and uh, and going skiing with ourselves and, and, and some friends. So we ended up in uh, in Utah this uh, two weekends ago skiing at a couple of resorts, Alta and Snowbird, and um, we had a friend of mine with us, uh, Sean Shapiro, shout out. Uh, he's a fantastic uh, freelance photographer, especially in the outdoors, and with his like iPhone 7 Plus, cool. was able to capture some of the most beautiful stunning landscapes and scenery behind me and Yannick shredding on the mountain uh, that I've like ever seen um and it you know there's a huge part of me that loves skiing simply for the fact that I get to stand on top of massive mountains and look out at like gorgeous gorgeous landscapes and I think that a lot of that rings true in what I look for in like a really fantastic game environment, especially a, like a very large game. Uh, and I think these days we've noticed a lot of games have like you know they carry very large impact with them in terms of the the scope and size of what they're trying to accomplish. And a lot of that events eventually ends up being uh, captured in the environment that it's in. This episode yeah, of I Pixels think... Weekly brought to you by Steep by Ubisoft. <laughs> Steep. <laughs> Can, can we make it sponsored by Backcountry? Because I need some new gear. So if you can have it sponsored by Backcountry.com, be great. Money. Okay. Uh, can, you, can we work on that? Thank you. Great. Interestingly enough, I don't think I'm going to touch Steep just because, like, I don't know. Really? I think when you when you do it in real life, I just don't really have any interest in like, doing it virtually. I was just um, thinking that, like, I won- I was looking at Steep. Sorry to get you off track. I know you're <laughs> – but uh, I was thinking that seemed like – a, a confluence of both something that you loved plus some like Forza Horizon-y sort of mechanics of like creating your own races. Yeah. That I, I, yeah, I, I mean, like. I'll I'll keep an eye on it. 
Um, it didn't get a nine, so you're not doing. <laughs> ex- yeah, exactly right. That that might not necessarily fall. Although Davis, and it's Ubisoft. Resident Evil it's did Ubisoft. get a nine on Polygon. What up? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> well, hold on, hold on. Spooky. We, yeah, yeah. Not, sorry, sorry. We 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 uh, also uh, it's that it has to be a nine. It doesn't mean that I have to play every nine. That's okay. Not gonna okay, that's fair. That's um, fair. Okay. So, anyways, uh, yeah, I think it is a timely topic to talk about. I know that. Uh, you know, I, I don't think you'll find a single gamer who doesn't appreciate a beautiful outdoor aesthetic in a video game. And so sure. I've got plenty of games that I can think about when it, when, you know, when it comes to this appreciation. But I'm curious to hear, uh, let's just kind of start off and, and, and go around. What, what would be your number one? It might not even necessarily have to be your favorite, but when we talk about this topic of the great outdoors in video games, what's the first game that comes to mind? And, and, and why does it come to mind? Oh man! Tony Hawk Pro Skater. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> which one? Hold on. I think this might be a valid choice. Which Which Tony Hawk Pro Skater? I remember playing it on the uh, on the PlayStation American Wasteland. <laughs> All right. Well, hold on. If it was play, if it was PS2, then that might be Tony Hawk Three, which I do actually remember having like some pretty stunning outdoor environments. They're all like you know outdoor civilizations, so it's like on the beaches of LA or whatever, yeah. and, and whatnot. Yeah. But uh, I was also born and raised in like Jamaica Queens, so a park is the great outdoors to me. Oh right, a, a park. <laughs> you think all the, parks have concrete? Yes, I the, do. The little the little blade of grass in the sidewalk out front. Like, yeah, that's that's a big deal. That's huge. What? I I can't believe you asked this question, Davis, because honestly, for me. I thought maybe I'd have just one um, because, you know, with my when you're five, seven and and high up there in the LBs, if you know what I mean, you're not exactly an outdoors kid. So I was like, come on, how much do I really like the outdoors? But like like any good indoors kid, once you pop the fun, don't stop. And I just kept going through this list. And yeah, so I'll give you some of mine. Number one for me. Probably Elder Scrolls Oblivion. It was the first time. It was on Xbox 360. Mm-hmm. It was near launch. I think it came out. And I was yep. just floored with uh, being able to see all the different varieties of environments in that game. But here's some others that they're all contemporary, I feel like, mostly. Red Dead Redemption. Nothing made me feel isolated in, in the Old West better right. than Red Dead. Um, Forza Horizon 3. It's so incredible. Mm-hmm. Like you're in a car the whole time, but like, how good is the outdoors in that game? I uh, like won't even go into first person or cockpit mode in that game because it like decreases the amount of <laughs> exactly. scenery that I get to see. Um, I want to see the trees. I have The Witcher Three here. I mean, for all that you can say about yep. the length of the game or whatever, I think the outdoors and the all the the way that they render that. Is amazing. Fallout Three for totally different reasons. It's ugly and burnt and a nuclear mm-hmm. wasteland. And, and this is gonna sound weird, but one of my top ones is the most recent SSX from EA. <laughs> I really love SSX. I actually re it's on Xbox One backwards compatibility. And in preparation for this episode, I re-downloaded it. I played a couple matches, and I was like, oh, God. I just, I just, snowboarding with unrealistic tricks is so much fun to me. <laughs> it really is. I'm, like, flipping in the air and stuff and, like, carving up snow and mountains and just the aesthetic of it is so compelling. But, like, the Far, you know, Far Cry 3 is another standout for me. So, I, yeah, yeah for I have sure. a lot of I, – I love – 
the feeling of just being outdoors in a world that feels similar or dramatically different from the one I'm in. We'll all appreciate the uh, passion of Ryan here when asked about one game, he will give you six. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm raging at you because I was about to talk about mounting my horse. I was preparing a line to Stole talk it. about Red Dead. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty upset. Get back up on, it's get okay. back up on that horse. <laughs> oh, get back up on it. Man, Ryan, you're killing it today. And um, I mean, yeah, you're right. There's, no, but I, I follow totally you. Like, I had a hard time talking about um, just picking the one that I can think of. The one that I will mention, when I was a kid, I would have this fascination for amusement park. And we, we yeah. were talking a lot about great outdoors that are beautiful. And uh, I also loved games that made me design my own outdoor. And I remember Roller Coaster Tycoon was the game where yeah. I stupidly played so many Ooh, that's hours. That's a good one. Um, and this one and the number two as well. Um, the number two has some flaws in, into its mechanics, but I just I just spend so much time just being creative about the, the, the amusement park, and I would yeah spend hours trying to replicate uh, all of them. Um, what was the backdrop of your like roller coaster amusement park or roller coaster tycoon? Was it just like a blue sky and like green fields, or was there like a mountain or anything in the background? Oh, I love playing the one in the desert. Uh, that's the one that was like, oh, you could choose. Like, was the, it was the least, the, like the uh, the least annoying uh, to kind of like strip out and clean up to do whatever you wanted. It almost was <laughs> that blank, flat land, um, and um, and and then that's probably. Uh, one of the signs that I wanted to live in in America this whole life, and um, <laughs> and and so I, why, no, so, why and are you, so why aren't you living in Coney Island right now? I know, and it allowed me to kind of like also really work on that aesthetic of Western movies kind of thing. They had great, great um, landscape and and, and uh, architecture and decoration around this theme. Uh, but no, yeah, roller coaster is really one of them. The, the one, of, if I have to mention one of the recent ones, I forgot. I had it in my head, but I forgot. I'll come back to it. But um, and to mention it, to Are mention. Are you talking a- about Ubisoft Steep? Sorry. No, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, Steve. Also, you look at Game Informer. They had an interview with the lead developer or one of the one of the lead designer artists or whatever, and and talking about the 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 the, the fixes that they're gonna bring up. And it's it's funny how they said that uh, a lot of people reported bugs that people were going through or environment and everything. And they're like, oh yeah, we're gonna gradually fix those. That makes me think that you should have just ship a real game in the first place. I'm sorry, but um, Ubisoft shipping unfinished games. No way. I know. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> you know in, in defense of Ubisoft, yeah. they have Far Cry, which is really great outdoors. Assassin's Creed, for as much as I don't like those games, True. great outdoors. True. Ghost Recon, I do think you don't think it looks that good, Yannick. We can get into this maybe, but yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll talk it about it. Good. But the, that's that's the thing. We'll talk about it later into details into what is a great outdoor for me, and and for me, there's like specific details that I'm expecting to make it a a, a great polished finished uh, outdoor. And you know, there's many survival games out there, and I'm I'm kind of like trying to find a recent one that I can think of, but there's many of them. You know, I can obviously the mention Division. Destiny, all the those Division sci-fi. Is really the Division is good, yeah. C- keep going. I was thinking about Star Wars Battlefront that I didn't play, but oh, in, yeah. in terms of maps, multiplayer oh, yeah, maps, Battlefield. You were probably thinking about Battlefield, right? That too. That yeah. too. Battlefield is, is, is polished in terms of, of PvP. Um, but go ahead, Cindy. I mean, Cindy mentioned it. Uh, Ryan, what, what about you? The, oh, that's what I want to say. 
the to piggyback on the trip and the the feeling of it i remember we had uh the luck of our life having bluebird sky every five four days that we had the chance to ski in this be- in those beautiful mountains and uh during lunch break davis and i were just stopping like god look at this mountain over there across the valley and it, it looked so perfect and so pure and so peaceful that we just thought it was 3D rendering in front of us. We thought we'd just put on VR headset and we're like, Oh God, I would this have slapped is a, you. This is, this is <laughs> like, a video this is game. Real life. No, but like, we were God, like, it's real life, but it's like, it's so, it looks untouched. You know, that it's PS4 like when you just. pro draw distance is pretty good. Yeah. When that, when that anti-aliasing pops up, you know, it gives you that pure, that pure landscape. We were kind of like giving that nerdy ad, that nerdy comment. I will give you that. But we're kind of like, huh, you know, this is. It looks like we're in The Witcher 3. This is so cool. I mean, this is our way to enjoy it and embrace it. But They do uh, in real life sometimes to me, and this just sounds so weird to say, in real life sometimes they do look like drawn or rendered. There's almost like mm-hmm. a, uh, mm-hmm. just a, a cartoonish... Yeah, there's a cartoonish surrealism to them. I think you guys have covered most of the games that come to mind. The huge one that no one's mentioned yet, although you pseudo-mentioned it with Oblivion, is Skyrim. I think yeah, Skyrim yeah. probably gets more acclaim for its beautiful, open, mountainous, snow-covered, desolate world than almost anything else. Because you know everything else about it is traditional Bethesda. The character models aren't even that that great. But I think when I think of the great outdoors, the very first game that comes to mind in Skyrim, and even beyond that, I think the very first. Uh, image that comes to mind is when you get through the opening sequence and you exit the cave with whichever of the two starting sort of helpers that you've chosen along the way Um, and you step out from the cave into the open world and there's like a small path that you go down and all of a sudden the the shrubbery becomes greener and more lush and there are flowers on the side of the road and the snow is starting to cover the road and then you sort of come out into a clearing and you get to look out upon Skyrim and I think they even purposefully do somewhat of like a camera pan while you do that. Yeah. And I remember just coming out into that open and being like, oh my God. And then even being more amazed realizing like I can actually go to all of these places that I can see right now. It's incredible. I think there's like... You know, I think it's easy for games to give the illusion of the outdoors and to give you painted backdrops that you won't ever be able to actually touch with your character. Um, whereas with Skyrim, I just felt like so much of that game was actually accessible. So that's the first one that comes to mind. Uh, Witcher 3 is a tremendously robust yeah. and beautiful and dense outdoor environment. Um and I do think that the Ubisoft games, Assassin's Creed in particular, have managed to cultivate like really beautiful aesthetics. But I think um, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, Ryan, you mentioned, I think, during one of our group chats this week, this concept of the Assassin's Creed games, the Division, and Ubisoft games in general sort of feeling, quote, soulless at times. Yeah. And I think that is maybe <laughs> the perfect way to describe how I feel about Ubisoft games these They're days. aesthetic. Right, right, right. And, and exactly. It's not just necessarily that the, the game feels soulless. It is something specifically about the outdoor aesthetic. And I can't quite put my finger on it because they are objectively stunning. And their ability like to... all of them are using each other's assets or something. Yes, but it's like their ability to achieve almost realism is incredible. But I, I wonder... Is there a certain sense of uncanny valley or a certain level of uncanny valley or a certain level of realism where 
you almost would rather it be more cartoonish. Does it take away from the allure sure. of it? Sure, that's a good question. That's a good question. I mean, I, I don't necessarily have the answer to that, but I will say, you know, we've had this conversation for listeners that are listening. Clearly, you get by now that when we're talking about the great outdoors, we're mainly talking about fairly realistic renderings of the earth that we know and live on. Like, I think that there's a separate conversation, something to be said about people who purposely do something off. And when I think of cartoony Davis, how could I not think of the hours we've spent going through the world of Warcraft? You know? Absolutely. Right. Well, not only that, but it's it's not even just cartoony. It's uh, unrealistic, right? There's a lot of like alien planets yeah, and, exactly. and, and scenarios there. And weirdly, uh, I and think so... of that as being like the majority of that game is, quote, outdoors. Absolutely. But I, yeah, I it, it, almost the aesthetic choice makes it not the outdoors, if that that makes any sense. Yeah. Well, the other thing I the you kind of like fast forward to the next question I wanted to sort of think about was also, and we could sort of combine this, and and maybe there's like I said, maybe there is an allure to it being more cartoonish, and and we can talk more about whether the soullessness is a real thing. But like, does realism or how real the graphics are, how quality quote the graphics are, does that have to reach a certain level before we can be talking about the great outdoors? Because there's a game I also have to mention when I think about beautiful outdoor landscapes, and that's Firewatch. And Firewatch is very yeah. much like a pixel-shaded, yeah. cartoonish outdoor landscape. Um, so do you do you have to be these super uber-realistic outdoor environments to sort of like meet our stamp of approval as something we would call, quote, the great outdoors, or just something we immediately think of when we think about stunning outdoor games? Or can you err on the side of cartoonish and comical almost even with sometimes World of Warcraft and, and achieve that same aesthetic? Same yeah, what I, you think. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I think in terms of, like, the great outdoors, I think anything that gives you that feeling of being transported somewhere else, like Legend of Zelda has really pretty graphics. Oh, I can't you're, believe I You're kind of, like, outside... Um, I love the Wind Waker. I love that, like, Toon Link aesthetic to it. So when I think Great Outdoors, yeah. I also think Toon Link. And in terms of, like, Ubisoft and Assassin's Creed, uh, Assassin's Creed 2 and Assassin's Creed Brotherhood all take place in Italy. And I went to Italy a few years ago, and I'm going back in... I'm going back this year. And the entire time, Arya was running around going, I've been here, I've been here. And I'm like, this is your first time in Florence. <laughs> You cannot scale those walls. You cannot jump. <laughs> Don't no are, jumping. Are you started taking a parkour in his, in his free time? Yeah. So it it just it depends on like what you're what you're looking for, and it depends what like the the game is trying trying to do. Like yeah, Assassin Assassin's Creed goes for the realism because it's like this is stuff that could actually be happening in the world. Sans the aliens. Uh, it's it's very possible that there's stuff going on that we don't even know about. So I think that's where that, that realism takes place, is really, like, beneficial. Uh, but then in, like, Legend of Zelda and World of Warcraft, it's just something fantastic. It's like, I'm never really going to do this. Uh, I'm never going to walk up and see an orc and be like, hey, what's up? Yeah. It, it, you mentioned Firewatch. I think that uh, Firewatch has that whole consistency in the concept art. But if I have to talk about... Games that pretend to be as realistic as possible and try to reproduce the outdoors the best they can. Um, one thing that has st struck me and was like, oh, we're coming into a new age of video game right now, is if we have to talk about specific elements of, a, of an outdoor, to me, 
it's like looking at water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like if if like like water to me, and I think the first time, and that's and you'll you'll laugh at me when you look at screenshots, but the first time I was really like, whoa, okay, um, was on GTA three. Uh, I was like, whoa, the water, you know, the waves, the 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 foaming of it, you yeah. know, the the whole. Um, uh, the whole modelization of it and the element properties of it, you know, when your boat's floating on it and kind of like moving and shaking, it was probably the first time I was like, well, that this is good. And same thing goes with World of Warcraft. You mentioned it. I was like jumping into that world and there was a lot of different environments. But if you had the graphic card that was able to support it back in the days, today it's no big deal. But back in the days, it was it asked for resource to 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 give you uh, usually when you would go up the graphics the first thing you would see really uh, shine is the effect of water and um and, and in world of warcraft those lakes and everything would look stunning um if you had the the the, the capabilities to, to display them at high resolution oh, I, uh, I so for me you know yeah it's it's like water for me is always something that i look at and and, and it's like well, you know like it gives a, a, a new dimension to to an outdoor and if it doesn't if it's not present here if it's not uh, meeting the expectation, even if you have this huge uh, modelization of a mountain next to it, I'm like, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's <laughs> like you said, it falls flat. It looks gray. It looks yeah. sad, and and you know, it's like water is uh, just one of those things that's hard to do. I, I, I know. Sorry, sorry to interrupt, Davis, but it's one of those things where like water has kind of almost always been a benchmark for gamers. I remember Nintendo 64. And see Mario jump into Water World or something for the first time, swimming around. And he actually has bubbles and stuff coming out of him, mm-hmm. and going. The water actually kind of rippled a little bit when you went, and I was like, "This is incredible! This is real water!" You know. And now, I'm you know play through Uncharted Four, and you can look at some of the puddles in those games, or even the new Battlefield, and they are re- reasonably indistinguishable from a photo. Yeah. I, so first and foremost, to, to piggyback on your comment about Mario, I will never forget playing Croc. I don't know if anyone ever played Croc on the PlayStation. I'll never yes, forget playing so, Croc yeah. and being in an underwater world and being so amazed only to have like my soul and my dreams crushed. My dad was like, you know, they just like draw the bubbles on the screen and it makes you think you're in water, right? Mm, no, don't dad. say that. <laughs> but anyways, it's also it's also funny that you mentioned uh, water and World of Warcraft because I uh, employ you guys at some point to go take a look at what the water shaders looked like in the original vanilla world of warcraft release and then what they looked like i think it was cataclysm when they did the update and (laughs) they continue to do updates from that that point forward it is night and day but i think what's so interesting about it is it's just a, a, a huge tell that your opinion and your feeling that you get from these outdoor environments are all relative and it's all relative to yes. potentially what they could be like but you know you can go and look at that vanilla world of warcraft water shader yet i don't remember it looking to me relatively uh low quality i remember being amazed by the sort of like ambiance and feeling i got from flying over the water uh, in world of warcraft when it first launched so i think like for me at least the the hyper realism or how realistic something is to me does not necessarily come close to being a, a requirement for it um being a beautiful outdoor landscape and again it's all relative like it looks amazing until the next like amazing landscape that looks even better than it comes out is and so i think it's about like taking it in the moment of playing the game what is the feeling that you receive from it um i also would feel remiss if i did mention final fantasy 15 as i've been putting some hours into that and above all else that is a beautiful beautiful game yeah you can see very far (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, and you can go to most of those places. <laughs> and it's funny Absolutely. you talk. You can see you, you can see very far, and that's where I want to start talking about the controversy you and I have about Ghost Recon Wildlands. Um, Let's get into it. To to give a little bit of a, um, I haven't played the game. I've seen videos. I try to put a video at high quality. What I've I've noticed yeah, some. To be for neither of I for for the. Record. Yeah, I've noticed some. I think it comes out on closed beta this weekend, or or they're gonna open the closed beta for for early February. Um, the the only thing I will say about it though is that they're they're they get some trade off. Like you said, you have. From an helicopter, you have a view of so far in front of you, like I've never seen in a video game, and I think that's where they put the emphasis on. It's an open world, the the, the biggest they've ever created, apparently, <laughs> according to what they said. Um, Which, and, and they want to show the way, you that for Ubisoft size, that means real big, <laughs> like yeah. real big. And they they, <laughs> they want to show you they want to show you that, but the trade off is that. Once you get up close and you look at the grass moving when the wind blows or the trees or anything. The polygon look big to me, and it's like you know, and then the the face expression of the characters were not were kind of like like static, like there was like straight offs. Yeah. And even when you see the helicopter going down, to me having the shade of a tree being displayed before the tree is something that really triggered me. I was like, well, there is a tree here that's gonna pop off, and it and it <laughs> yeah. shows up. Like, there's just some some trade off. I'm like, I understand what you're trying to do here. You're really selling it on that one thing, and I understand your point. But mm, there, you know, and we're still there, and, and we're just being spoiled child right now. The game is beautiful, and don't get me wrong. But it's there's still some stuff here where we could have a um, some progress here on the graphics and some some modeling, especially when you have to do that trade-off and in pc you have a lot of games where like do you want to see up close and have good graphics and and or do you want to see a little bit further away and and ask more from your resources on console you can't do that but that's 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 where i was commenting it was like huh so the you're you're trading the combat and up close details to give us that over that big landscape um large large perspective you know, for me, the the thing about Ghost Recon, and I didn't think it looked as bad as you felt like it looked. I, it looked kind of like how I expect it to look, and, and in the way that I describe those Ubisoft games being soulless, mm-hmm, is, mm-hmm. All right. I think just as important uh, for a video game, right? And we've all enjoyed these outdoor areas, but I think it's just as important what you do with them. And yes. I think that that's something that we can have a conversation about. Like, Zelda is nowhere near the biggest open world. Breath of the Wild isn't going to be nowhere near as big as probably Final Fantasy XV or even Skyrim or anything like that. But when, but certain games have always made very good use of their space. I think of, like, a Grand Theft Auto. Of, like, there's a ton of place. There's a ton of space. And it's all jam-packed. With shops and There's activities, life. and yeah, it feels very alive. Whereas Ubisoft games, at least lately, with their annualized franchise sort of business that they have going on, mm-hmm. it uh, Ubisoft just uses an open world as an abstraction of a checklist of things to do, and mm-hmm. their checklist looks a lot like purple thing, red thing, blue thing. Purple thing V2, red thing V2, blue thing V2. Like, they have, like, three or four core activities they think are fun. Then they just pepper them throughout the environment. And that's kind of it. And once you sort of expose, oh, I've actually done all the variety there is. And now it's just sending me to locations to do it. 
I think that's when a Ubisoft game tends to break down for me. And I think that's well, what happened with The Division and the latest Far Cry. Absolutely with stuff. The Division. Well, I, th- I think the, the problem that you're highlighting is that you have this lush, rich world around you, but there's no actual mechanic in the game that has you interacting with it. I mean, yeah. even Assassin's Creed, sure, you are climbing those buildings, but that's all you're really doing with them. And there might be a building here and there that you can drop into. Right. But I think it's the fact of the matter is that you have this lush, rich world around you, but everything that you're doing is on top of that world, not in that world. And I think that Ubisoft seems to do that across their games. And I think that might be contributing to that soullessness, which is if I think about The Division, I, I think about, oh, my God, this looks exactly like New York City. And then right. sort of like subconsciously being let down that like but i don't get to actually do anything <laughs> right you can't it. do anything that right. you like in new york you can't go to a sub shop can't you, know, yeah. you can't go into a see like most of the and, stores and any that are any of the, 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 the in, in many of the like very very small number of buildings that you could walk into there's no one in there right because the premise of the game is that you know that, that most of humanity isn't there anymore um, yep, or it was evacuated that's my favorite like oh we've just cleared out new york okay that sounds easy yeah so I, I think it's it's about more than just creating and visualizing the beautiful landscape. It's about making sure that you, cr- you you create a landscape that somebody has to engage with. And I think that adds to that illusion of feeling like you're in this beautiful, immersive outdoor environment. And that's actually a thing that I want to place on. It's coming up, and, you know, I've got a Switch pre-ordered, and Zelda is going really sort of, I'm not going to say open world for the first time, but open world for the first time in a long time of kind of this large, less structure to its open world. And every gameplay video, I see, like, Link climbing a tower or encountering a small pack of four or five guys just hanging around. And I really hope that the game has more interesting things to do with the world that it's going to introduce us to because Zelda worlds have always been so, uh, to me, so good and mm-hmm. so peppered with interesting detail that to think of Link just running through emptiness, unless it's supposed to be making some sort of statement that I don't understand, I'm, I'm just worried about it. I'm worried about it. Well, we can all agree that great landscapes mean great games most of the time. <laughs> it's true. Uh, by the way, welcome to the roast of Ubisoft, by the way. This episode is not yeah. sponsored by Ubisoft. Your dad is going to be very upset. <laughs> Yves Guillemot. Yeah, Guillemot. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dad. <laughs> You're not my dad, but sorry. I'm sorry you're not my dad. <laughs> you're not my dad. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. <laughs> Make me say stuff, and then people come on Discord and be like, yo, that Yannick guy is kind of like a scrub. Yeah, you you say you didn't say it, but you forget that you're not the one editing the show. That's right. Yeah, oh. well, you can make us say anything. That's why we have to listen it. to it, it again. That's <laughs> why we have to force ourselves to listen to it again because so that we know that editing went okay. That's right. I, hey, that's what that's what the editor does, baby. I make it sound good <laughs> or bad, depending on how you do it. Um, depending on how I'm feeling. Well, now you guys make me either go back to the mountains or go and just ride San Andreas for a long time. But that's what um, I wanted to end with this week is like, okay, we love video games. We love playing them. They're screens. Maybe, hey, maybe you've got a Vita. Maybe you've got a 3DS. Maybe you've got an iPhone. And maybe you're getting a Switch. That means you can go outside. Oh, yeah. We didn't talk about, like, games that make you... Talking about the iPhone, like, games that actually make you go outside. So, like, Run, Zombie, Run. 
Run. I'm not going to do that because I'm terrified. Yeah, I didn't play Pokemon Go, and that forced me to get outside. But I just wanted, <laughs> I just wanted to ask you guys, okay, when you're putting the controller down or you've got a portable console, what's your favorite outdoor thing to do that is not a video Judge game? Judge people you... on the subway. Oh. No, just kidding. That is so not outside. That is so like in a tin box underground. Again, I grew up in Queens. This is the great outdoors to me. No, um, actually, um, since I I grew up in Queens, but I live in Jersey now, uh, I live not that far from Ramapo Reservation. And it's just a nice little park where you can go do a little hike. There's a little stream. And there's a ton of dogs. It's right next to Ramapo College. So every now and then when you need to get away from the concrete jungle, there's a nice little uh, county park for me to pet people's dogs in. Nice. I think mine is pretty obvious, self-explanatory. I have an addiction to skiing. But I think uh, beyond just skiing, it really is... um, the mountains even more specifically the rockies or the sierras like i think just like the some of the mountain ranges we have here in the united states um are absolutely stunning and gorgeous and beautiful so while you have uh little reason to come visit in the next four years maybe uh if you don't live here right now come and visit our country and see our beautiful mountains but i love to hike i love to ski and i love to kind of be surrounded by I, i think there's something um a little supernatural to me about mountains and how larger than life they are. Um, yeah. So that's that's the environment I like to be in. Davis's pick of the week brought to you by Steep by Ubisoft. Steep. <laughs> Check off random things on a mountain as a bus. I told you to fix that thing with backcountry.com, man. I don't care about Steep. <laughs> I need new gloves, okay? So just make it work. All right. Well, I guess my my thing is... Uh, this is gonna, it's gonna sound weird, so you're gonna learn something weird about me today. I love swimming. I love swimming, but I'm afraid to swim in the ocean. (laughs) Really? (laughs) I really don't like, I don't like sharing an environment with a species that's not my own. Mm-hmm. Is, is a better way of saying it. That's where fish live. Let them hang out. They fart in there. They mate in there. They're doing whatever. (laughs) <laughs> I like Fish and a, whales. as much as I do like being outdoors and I love going to a beach it to me if I swim it's got to be like a pool and not an indoor pool I like an outdoor underground pool I'm very specific about how I like to swim I I, I like that your fear of the ocean isn't of getting like eaten by a shark. It's that like it's being covered by fish farts and like fish orgies. Dude, it gets it gets <laughs> even better because my second thing I like to do outdoors is be on like a medium sized boat out on the ocean <laughs> so, mm. so i can hover above the ocean and i can swim in Not water fall in but it. never combining those things at the same time <laughs> I think. Uh, so that's yeah i mean that's that's my total thing and uh you know i it's just one of those things of it's nice to have a moment when I go and do either of those things, I make it a point to not bring any video games with me to sort of just enjoy what nature has to say. That that being said, one of like the things that I'm most excited about regarding the Switch is when I do go on trips to go hiking or skiing or whatever in the evenings when I'm when I'm all, you know, holed up in Back my, the lodge. my lodge or accommodation or whatever exactly. Like by the fireplace drinking some hot cocoa that's been spiked. With my switch in my hands. And I think that that is sort of like the 
the the appeal of a portable console to me. And you can duel with, have it with me. You can duel it with your opponents. <laughs> I'm actually starting to um, think that might be a good game. <laughs> I was <laughs> uh, I was um, thinking about it. Most of what you guys' activities are talking about. I mean, going to the beach, going to the mountain. Like I have my rituals that I've been introduced since I was a kid to go skiing and to go to the beach and back and forth and back and forth but lately i've been really enjoying just the mountains in the summer uh you know when you have that weather that permits you to just go hiking without worrying about really where you're going well worrying a little bit but um (laughs) just just not knowing what's in front of you five minutes ahead and and kind of discovering different landscape and then coming back at night and have the crackling sound of the fire oh uh, so good you know that you're and making then you make some and you, s'mores. and uh, well I was you say a little cocktail yeah you just you, yeah you got your cocktail you got your s'mores you got your urshies or whatever you're doing um and uh and just yeah and just like fall asleep with all those nature sounds around you it's uh, to me it's like i'm small and this is like this thing around me is big it's massive and yeah. i don't you know I, I, you, sometimes it's funny to me. I, I sit down at my desk and I'm like, what's, and now, especially I've, I've visited Australia and that was probably the most beautiful experience of my life. I visited Australia four years ago. And sometimes I sit at my desk and I work and I'm like, huh, I wonder what time it is in Australia right now. And I wonder what's happening in Bondi beach, which is like a beach next to Brisbane. And, uh, like it's one of the best landscape. It's like this beautiful white sand beach with like a, a, there's like a cliff right next to it with the most beautiful trees on top of that cliff. And oh, it yeah, gives you that. And I have driven uh, Ryan, yeah, story. Ryan and I have played Forza <laughs> 3, so we've basically been to <laughs> Oh, so you we know. Never that. mind. We tore I'll, it. I'll, yeah. I'll pass you the torch and explain me what I saw. <laughs> but um, Believe it, it, we, we basically live there. Uh, they, yeah. They, yeah, no, they're blessed over there. And it's something like that strikes me. I was like, I wonder what time it is over there. Oh, it's the sunrise. Oh, it must be a beautiful landscape over there. It's just like being so small in a place so big yeah. and what makes it so fascinating. So, you know. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, oh, beautiful. And if you want to see what we do, you follow us on Instagram at Pixels Weekly. Hey! Yeah. yeah. See what plugs, I did there? Plugs for days, and that's right. And you can get every episode for, for free over at pixelsweekly.com, where you can also subscribe and join the Discord and all that good stuff. So good. That's and it. Anything else? That's follow it. us on the Twitter at PixelsCast. I'm, I'm packing <laughs> up, guys. The packing Twitter up my tent, and, and I'm going. <laughs> we are hilarious, clearly. And we do fun stuff. Yes, that does it, by the way, for us this week. And until next time. Adios. Au revoir. See you later. And we'll put another shrimp on the barbie. Pass me the s'mores. Danny, pass me the Mellow Light. Pass me the s'mores, mate. There we go. <laughs> <laughs>